Are you ready for Chicago Bears football? You are listening to the Bears Bonanza Football Podcast. Stop it. Hosted by Bull Bearded Beauties, Gal and Danny Boy. You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears, Bear Dumb. Hello and welcome to yet another edition of the Chicago Bears Bonanza Football Podcast. We're not going to talk too much about the last loss. We're going to try to look ahead and see what can we make of all this mess because it is indeed a very stinky, poo-poo mess. What do you have to say about it, man? Yeah, so it's it's such a broad topic because I think I feel every year we get to this point where we have the summer of hope the training camp of trepidation, the and then by this time we we realize okay maybe things are not going to work out the way we but wanted. Them I to. did did I not say that I was worried about the offense because of the offensive <laughs> you line? Did. You did. I mean, you did. because it did. You don't need to be a genius to see. You're like, wow. No. If anything, if anything happens there, that's going to be bad because that means the quarterback's going to get hit a lot. You're right. You're right. I mean, I just was hoping so, it would just work out somehow. No, you're totally right. I mean, to me, this is because it's such a broad thing. So I'm, I want to try to put some structure around the conversation because I think the, the conversation is basically to this this week right now, as it should be. Where are we at a, at, at a high level? What is the feeling and how we're going to move forward and who we're going to move forward with? I mean, looking at individual games at this point, similar to last year after the Saints game, this doesn't make any difference. Like you realize there's a structural problem here. So let's yeah. use – I want to use Lord of the Rings trilogy oh. to describe <laughs> what's oh, going on here. Please. Okay. All so we'll use – yeah. So, you know, right now – I think last year or maybe earlier this year – we just finished the Fellowship of the Rings, right? We, we got the team together. Everything worked out. We identified the villain, you know, just like in, 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 in Fellowship of the Ring. It was that random kind of blackish orc, that giant one who had one line where he said, get the halflings, get the halflings. Oh, That's, wow, you're such a geek. That, that, was, the, that was the villain. And that, 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 in our Bears context, was Mitch Trubisky. Oh, wow. You know, that orc, okay. that orc is nameless. Honestly, do you even remember Humor what he looks like? Humor him, you know, folks. Okay, so that orc is Mitch Trubisky. I'm with you. Yeah, mostly. 20 years from now, we're not going to remember a thing about Mitch Trubisky. The only thing hey, we'll remember I is that my he jersey. was drafted ahead. I yeah. Okay, give it to a homeless guy. No offense, homeless guy. The next, the next movie is The Two Towers, and that's what we're going to spend a lot of time on this podcast today, and that's The Two Towers here, the villains, Nagy and Pace. You know, we need to figure out what's going on here, and 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 I'll, we'll come back to this, and this is what we're going to talk about for most of the show. But the real villain here, as we found out in Return of the King, is Ted Phillips. It's Sauron in Lord of the Rings. It's Ted Phillips here. And Ted Phillips is like this shapeless, you know, shadow of a guy. Nobody knows what he looks like. <laughs> Nobody knows. Oh, wow. You know, like, you know, it's just like if you read Lord of the Rings, the books, Sauron is never described. His physical appearance is never described. It's just a feeling of dread when you feel his presence around you. It's the same thing with Ted Phillips. And I think it was Kevin Fishbane and M. Johns and did a great job over the summer kind of talking about on The Athletic how many critical junctures this guy has been at in the last 25 years. When, by the way, in that tenure, we've only made the playoffs five times. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how many things this guy has been involved in? So I just want to litigate them for one minute here before we get to the meat of the show, which is nagging pace. He is able to wiggle his way into Virginia McCaskey's heart 
where she fires her own son and hires Ted Phillips. This guy is like some kind of uh, combination of Rasputin, Rudy Giuliani, oh. and Golem. Okay, like this, is, this guy's a freak, right? He He's the one who says maybe we shouldn't get uh, Aaron Rodgers. We should get Cedric Benson instead. This is him. This is so. This is not a recent thing. This goes back twenty years about the incompetence of this fool. You know, this is a guy who said, "Oh, you know, uh, maybe we shouldn't uh, uh, pick up uh, 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 Bruce Arians. We should go get uh, this other guy. Uh, what was his name? Mark Cressman, right? Yep. Oh, we Ouch. shouldn't hire Chris Ballard. We should get uh, Ryan Pace instead because I think this guy Ernie Acorsi, who has a track record of just incompetence, this is who Ernie Acorsi's hired." Fucking Ryan Pace, uh, Matt Patricia, Dave Gettleman. Oh, that, that you know, and there's the book, like a list of six or seven oh other God. just complete retards that this oh guy's hired. No and Ryan to Pace, people right? with mental Ooh. capacities. Yeah, 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 you're right. No offense. I mean, re- retard in the in the most inoffensive way. Uh, <laughs> but this is the guy, you know. And then most recently, the Ryan Pace hire. Most recently, this this infatuation with Mitch. Is all coming from him. He's the villain. We're going to talk about him in the offseason. Right now, we need to figure out what we're doing with Pace and Nagy. But it's just these people who say that Ted Phillips doesn't block on Sunday, you're missing the point. These organizations that are perpetually bad, like the Browns, like the Lions, yeah, it's like true. the Redskins, it's true. have a problem at the top. It, they always do it. Yeah, it has to be. Drafting That's the top right. Five. It has to be, yeah, it definitely comes from the top because the fact that not only year in, year out, they can lose, but decade in, decade out, never field serviceable teams has to start with the top. I mean, yeah, you hire the wrong GM who, who doesn't have the talent scouts in line, who hires a coach who just isn't up to par with some of the better coaches in there. Isn't it amazing that some people have had their coaches for 15 years, the Steelers, it is. the Patriots, the quarterbacks for decades? decade plus and just we go through coaches every two years we go through quarterbacks every few years i mean it's a disaster yeah i mean to me it's not the mccaskies first of all the mccaskies are never going to sell but the mccaskies are just trust fund kids right they they need you know ted phillips is the real power okay so ted mccaskies just up. collecting he a fucked check, up he, you know he brought on pace so well it's not just so pace. where does that leave us so he passed on ballard so yeah, let's let's talk about Pace and Nagy. We're gonna have all off season to talk about what to do with Ted Phillips, right? And and uh, but yeah, Pace and Nagy, I think is where the story is right now. So take it away. I mean, listen, we are in a we're in a difficult we, we are so, in I mean, a to situation me, because at this point, you, I mean, you either cut ties, you have to cut ties with both, or you 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 have to either you have to extend them because you don't want to what draft a a quarterback and then give them another year. And then a new GM and coach would come in with a quarterback. It's like kind of state of limbo. You don't want to create. So it would be either extend them or fire them at the end of this year. Right. I mean, what are we looking at? So you, what, what, and we've talked about this before, but NFL history repeats itself. And I feel we are back at the 2014 situation. For a lot of reasons. One, you had a proud defense that's starting to age. By the way, our defense, oldest in the league. Nice little uh, yep. note there for you. Uh, not not something that's commonly known, but it's an, it's the oldest defense in the league. So, um, you know, this, this defense is going to age out quickly, and when it does, it's going to be expensive and ugly, as it was in 2014. You also have, I think, I believe, 
the next GM of the Chicago Bears in the building in Champ Kelly. So this is what Champ Kelly has done, okay? He's responsible for the late-round draft picks, and he's responsible for the kind of non-marquee free agent pickups that we have. And look at the track record of what we've done in the last six years with Ryan Pace as the GM and him as the assistant GM. Similar to Chris Ballard uh, working under Phil Emery before, you have the guy in the building. Now, are you going to be smart enough to actually elevate this guy? I think that's an important question. The Athletic did a great – and this, is, this was not one of the local guys. This was not – I think Kevin Fishman was a contributor. But this was a national article done on, on Champ Kelly and, and how smart he is as a kind of scout and kind of strategist, et cetera, et cetera. It does make you wonder what does Ryan Pace do? If, if we now – now that we know what Champ Kelly does, it does make you wonder what does Ryan Pace do? And, you know, what does he do well? Really nothing. He's not good at anything. Uh, and I've said this actually for some time now. And I know we, we were at odds a little bit on you and Gao, I think, were more yeah. on paces. No, because the thing good. is, I mean, listen, <laughs> uh, thing, and if, I was we, always if we had drafted the right quarterback, then maybe 2018 we win a Super Bowl. All right? So I would have been very happy with that. That would have been a great success. But because you didn't draft the guy, you had you had less yeah. room for mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. Yeah, but it but it goes beyond Mitch. I mean, Mitch is the is the microcosm. Well, yeah, you uh, had you had mistake, to, right? Because you, you had you can look at the Mitch. process. You had to hit on Mitch so much because you didn't have all these other pieces. You you weren't building up your offensive line, and uh, you know you you didn't have wide receivers come in. I mean, for so long the wide receiver room was void of anybody we even know. People who aren't even in the league now. And then you. It's so funny, you know. I'm looking at the the quarterback efficiency ratings, right? So they it's divided up with from a clean pocket and from under pressure, and there are only two quarterbacks, only two quarterbacks that perform relatively league average uh, from under pressure. You know who those two guys are? It's Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. <laughs> you know, it's just like you you see that name. Deshaun Watson, and you just like you just want to scratch your eyes out, right? Because his line is just as bad as ours. He's got 19 touchdowns to five picks. He's 71% completion rating, and he leads the league in yards per attempt at eight yards an attempt. So he's going upfield, and it just makes you want to just tear your eyes out, right? Because you're just like, God, if we just had him, um, how different would the situation be? But yeah, but to me, it's I more mean, than just Mitch. It's also Leonard Floyd. You know, Leonard Floyd is going to make the Pro Bowl this year, you know, <laughs> and and we didn't, you know, and it didn't work out in Chicago for whatever reasons, but it's also Kevin White. It's also um, all, it's Adam Shaheen. It's, and you know, and it's you're giving guys. up draft capital. I mean, draft capital for Anthony Miller. I mean, fine. If Anthony Miller doesn't yeah, I, out, I, fine. Or if he's just serviceable in his role, but you, again, you're giving up valuable draft capital. And as we know, you just need a lot of picks to take stabs at people, just whether it's second round, third round, fourth round, you just want a lot of guys in because it is hard to hit on even top 10 picks in the first round. Well, if, if I'm a lawyer and I'm making the case against pace, that's, that's exhibit a, like you, you just yeah, have to have lots of picks because also yeah. it, it's good for your cap. It's just good for the, your cap as well, right? Next year we have thirty guys under contract. We're ten million over. No, how's this going to work? And it can't. You know, and we can't. How's this going to work? The, you know? the odds are we won't be able to resign with uh, 
Allen Robinson, which is just insane to me. It's just our only talent on offense. We just can't afford the guy. And since we don't have a plan going forward, like, well, yeah. well, might as well cut the bait. I don't know. It's a freaking disastrous mess. It looks like a disaster. It looks like maybe Robinson won't be back. Maybe Fuller won't be back. You know, maybe Hicks won't be back. It's, it's just like because you need money and you need 20. It's not like a Philadelphia situation where you look at their capture, they're 70 million over. But they have 50 guys signed, and they've signed their quarterback, so they can just move money forward and backward. You only have 30 guys signed on the team next year, right? So I, I agree with you 100%. That's case number one. Case number two is this stupidity around building around your defense. Now, I, I looked up this stat, Danny, because I, I wanted to just kind of floor you here with the stat because I was just so shocked when I saw this. And I wanted you to be as equally shocked. And our listeners, all, all, all 12 of them. Thank Six, you very much. Thank you, guys. guys. Um, <laughs> um, so, 2014, the, the, the Denver Broncos, they win the Super Bowl with the number one defense and the number 11 offense. Okay? So, my question to you, Danny, is since 2014, how many teams have won playoff games with a top 10 defense and not a top 10 offense? Ooh, this is a good one. It's going to be extremely low, huh? Take a guess. Uh, two. The answer, and just to show you the kind of ineptitude, you have 12 yeah. teams, right? So 12 times 5 is 60. So you have 60 teams that have entered yeah. the playoffs, okay? Of those 60 teams, yep. you said yeah, two sure. have won playoff games? The answer is zero. Damn, not, I, one, wow. not one damn crazy. win. Crazy. Not one. Not crazy. one. It's an old school. It's you know? an old school way of thinking. I mean, honestly, just like how the Cubs had this heaviness to them because you know there was a curse and stuff like that. Honestly, the defense, the Bears defense, and I'm to say this, and I'm like, can't even believe I'm even thinking it. But now the history of the Bears, you know, historic defense is almost kind of becoming a curse to this team. I mean, really, it's a curse to the offense because the in thing a way, is it's yeah. so much part of this identity, and I love that identity. But in turn, it makes us just keep investing, investing, investing. And that's just not the nature of the game. I mean, you need to have, obviously, as you say with this amazing stat, you need to have a top-10 offense. And really, this is where the whole, you know, Robert uh, – not Robert Griffin. Who is our uh, edge rusher? I'm sorry. Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn. That, that Robert signing, Quinn. I mean, Quinn. yeah, I was excited. I was like, wow, it's going to be pretty vicious. But I was like, we have nobody on the offensive line. I go, it's it's just insane to me that of all positions, this is where you are going to invest this big contract money. Um, it's insane. It's irrational. It's, it's bizarre. And, 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 and the thing is, the thing is, uh, another stat that I looked at, which I think is also going to blow you away, right? So DVOA is kind of, uh, it's if, if you're looking at singular numbers to kind of compare teams with, DVOA is a good one because it takes everything and it averages out so that you're not getting like, you know, if you're if, if you're like the Bears in 2018, yes, we had one of a historically good defense, but we also didn't play many very good teams in 2018, right? So, but if you look at it against DOA, DVOA, which just takes the average, I think it's much better. If I look at the top if defense number five by DVOA, and I look at defense number 15, okay? So that's 15 would be league average, right? Let's say there's almost no difference. There literally is almost no difference. It's like a 15% difference, right, in terms of their uh, play-to-play efficiency. 
if I do the same exercise for offense, there's a 50% difference, you know, and you look at the teams that are in the top five. These are the best, what we consider the best teams in the league, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Steelers, right? It's teams like this. You look at the teams who are in the top five in DVOA on defense, the, the Bucks, the Colts, you know, these teams, we still have some question marks around, you know, I guess the Ravens are in there too, but the Ravens are good because they have a good offense, you know? It's so it's, it's like, you know, the, the 49ers, they're in the top five against DVOA, which it, it's so it's just, it's to me, it's like, this is not a new trend. This is not a new discovery. This is something that you really should have known for years. And the one position you can't cheat no, out insane. on is it's offensive insane. line. I mean, he missed, he's missed on some massive picks, you know, investing in offense. Obviously, Mr. Trubisky, Kevin White, Adam Shaheen. And, you know, who knows, Cole Komet, not, whether he plays well or not, it's just like, God, it would have been really nice to have gotten an offensive line piece, perhaps at that time. Um, but the thing <laughs> is, but yeah, but it, it is a disgrace. It is a really a disgrace. It is, it is just insane that you didn't invest in your offensive line at all. And you just thought that this is, of all pieces that you thought, you're like, well, we could just tie some folks together and make the best out of it. That's the position you decided to do that with. Wow. It's so funny because we we have, I think, become really twisted in the way we we look at our defense, where the the kind of common consensus is like the defense needs to do to do more. And it's like there was a play in that last game where Danny Trevathan is running stride for stride with Corey Davis, who's one of the fastest receivers in the league, and he's staying with him. It's a deep shot that that uh, Trevathan almost intercepts, which is a miracle feat. I don't know where, uh, you know, I don't know how Danny Trevathan found that speed. Danny Trevathan's 260 pounds, okay? This is not a small man. He's staying with a 180-pound receiver going full tilt down the field. And people on Twitter were like, oh, Danny T's got to get that pick. And you're like, come on. Like, what, what, what are you talking about here? Like, Danny Trevathan made an insane play. And they're like, nope, not I enough. Got to get the Well, this is, this is coming from, de- this is coming like, from desperation on, because the only, the only side of the ball that's going to score is the defense, which is disturbing. It's like, yeah, that's an added bonus. But, guys, the offense needs to do something. So, so, so yeah. obviously, Matt Nagy has a lot of questions to answer. You know, even if he passes play calling off right now, uh, that might not make a difference because you just don't have the pieces. So th- this to me seems like, okay, it is an offensive line issue, but it's also Nagy in his playbook. So he doesn't have that self-awareness. Also that you just, yeah, you don't have the other pieces around you because you don't have Anthony Miller showing up game in, game out. So in the end, what, what do you see when it comes to pace and Nagy? I mean, what do you see as being the solution? It's gone at the end of the year? Even if they are nine and seven? Well, so... Well, so yeah, I, I think on it's it's a tough one for me because I think to me I don't feel comfortable with Pace getting fired if we're just going to go down this Ernie Acorsi route of getting another fraud. You know, I think if we elevate Champ Kelly, I'm very happy because I know Champ Kelly. I see what he has done for this organization. His record is spotless. I mean, he's brought in. Look at the guys he's brought in: Eddie Jackson, Tariq Cohen, uh, this year Darnell Mooney. You know, he, he's he's the guy that's really looking after the bottom half of the draft. And if we have a guy who's that intelligence also at the top half of the draft, then I think it's very good. But then again, 
that was the wrap on Phil Emery as well, right? Phil Emery was really good at the bottom of the draft when he was with the Ravens. Um, well, that didn't translate, right? So who knows? <laughs> um, but to me, I mean, let's let's let, let let's let's close this topic when we just have a little five minutes on Nagy first, right? I think Nagy, he is really disappointing me. And, and he's disappointing me because there's no operational excellence yeah. that he's bringing to the table. He is not putting his team in a good position to win just on simple things. You know, the, the, the fourth and one punt, uh, the, 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 the punt, uh, not the punt, the, the, the fake punt. And you get 11 yards, by the way, our leading rusher, uh, congratulations. My, my bingo. bingo, our leading Insane. rusher. <laughs> so leading rusher. Fantastic. No, the fact is, Hogan John said this. What is that? Clearly that you, if you're going to try to pull something off, well, naturally, you have the next play ready to go. You don't just, the thing is, they're so surprised yes. even by their own success that they weren't even prepared for what to do next. They're like, oh my God, it worked. You cannot run your team like that. No, it's, <laughs> the, the team is not, it all starts at the top. The team is week in week out just undisciplined and if it was just the guys off the street who are getting the false starts and all these penalties but it's also your veterans so if the guys off the street getting penalized your your veterans are getting penalized it's it's uh it's like a virus from the top well you look at this thing and it was so it was so disappointing it was like fourth and one and it was it would have been a makeable punt but we needed to score and you're like okay i feel good about going for it on fourth and one from the 32 um you know, but then you see Cordero Patterson on the field, yep. and you're like, ah, uh, and then and then it's a false start, and fine. I think it's on Addison Hall of uh, Heimbright or whatever his name is, the seventh round rookie. You're like, okay, okay. You know that guy, that kid. He's like 21 years old, was playing at a Division two school. You know, this time last year, he's starting in an NFL game for the first time. I'll let that slide. It's an unfortunate mistake. Then it's fourth and six. They still decide to go for it. Then Jimmy Graham, false it's, start. What is that? And now you're punting the ball, you know? And it's just like – and what they were trying to do there, it was a hard count. So Nick Foles was trying to get that five yards back by doing a hard count. And clearly, they're just not good communication. And no, nobody's on the same page. It, and, and it's just There must be distractions. And this is what you really need. Just, not only when they were losing, but even when they were winning, then there was like, who's going to be the QB? I mean, this is also, to me, what happens when you do switch the QB in the manner in which you did. You just kind of have a, a divided locker room. Tariq Cohen's not there. So there's not that sense of team unity anymore. So, you know. It, it's just a bit of a and mess of energy, that... and so it shows. Nobody's on the same page, and there's these injuries that also keep you from finding that synchronicity. Um, and so we see it play out. Yeah. But this is what I would always tell people. You know, if, you're, if you go to the games and pre-games and all this other kind of stuff, you can see who the leader of that offense was. It was Tariq Cohen. And I know that makes people a little uncomfortable because he's kind of a goofball, but he was the leader of that offense last year. He was the glue guy that keeps everything together. Allen Robinson is kind of this, this, he's a quiet guy. You know, I don't want to say moody because that's kind of a negative uh, word, but he's yeah. just a quiet, introspective guy. Mitch was a quiet guy as well. Cody White, your, your leader can't be on the offensive line just by the nature of the position. Yeah. So it was Tariq Cohen who was really kind of giving everyone together. And you really see that this nope. year where there's no that's cohesiveness, right. there's no leadership. 
Um, and Nick Foles, I mean, listen, he's doing the best job he can, but he's he's a new guy he's here, and he's learning the ropes. Yeah. And I do think he's a good leader, no, but it's just it's like not it's not going to happen in the way that I he feel, wants. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. The you know, the guy. You know, the guy needs a line. You know, it's like everybody could thrive in different situations. This is not the situation that you're going to expect Nick Foles to thrive in, nor most quarterbacks. I mean, you know that he has to throw in record time. He has to throw in like under a second or 1.5 seconds. It's it's absurd. It's a mess. Yeah. Um, looking forward to this week. Well, no one can no, no one can throw in one and a half seconds. It's just not physically possible, right? You need I, this. This is the standard. This is the last stat that I had for you, Danny, because uh, I was also just blown away by this. Okay, uh, the kind of NFL standard is two and a half seconds. If, if your offense has done its job properly, you should be able, and your quarterback is good, you should be able to throw in two and a half seconds. Earlier this year when Mitch was playing, we had three seconds to throw because we played, honestly, very bad teams. Uh, and, and the, you know, that's not a reflection on the line or it doesn't mean anything about Mitch. Just we had time to throw. Uh, Nick Foles, okay, in the last two weeks has been under two seconds time to throw, which means it's, there's just people in his face constantly. So Warren Sharp over at Sharp Football did a little analysis here are here's the kind of uh, quarterback ratings for any quarterback who's throwing under two seconds. Okay, you ready for this? These numbers, Danny. Eighteen quarterback rating, uh, three yards per attempt, uh, one oh, yeah. touchdown to four interceptions. That's the kind of that's your expected outcome when your when your line is protecting at that level. Uh, now against that standard, Nick Foles has been okay. Actually, <laughs> he hasn't been terrible. He hasn't been that bad. Uh, and this last game, he had 1.9 seconds to throw it. And that's a bit of a, a, a misnomer because, you know, honestly, in the fourth quarter, the Titans just kind of let their foot off the gas. And he, we had a couple of drives there where he had some time. But really, he was just under siege all day. And he yeah, has yeah, been for the last brutal. three weeks. So well, let's look ahead. Let's I don't know what you're going to do next game and wrap it up because I'm getting depressed. I'd rather go to politics and be less depressed. Um we're we're trending obviously in the wrong direction. Minnesota's trending in the right direction. Recipe for disaster and a possibly a four-game losing streak. I I just there's there's not the pieces in place to turn it around. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, even against Jacksonville, uh, I I could see no game is necessarily a winnable game for us at this point because we you need to be able to generate some points. Even Dallas is like fourth string quarterback is able to string together some points. We <laughs> and this is the thing, you know. Again, whether it's the line, whether it's Nagy in the play sheet, the, these calls, some of these play calls look so weird when they're when they're being run. The rhythm is off. Whatever it is, I cannot see us put ever even ten points on the board. Are we going to get our asses kicked? Do we have any chance against the Vikings? So I'm in a weird spot here with the Vikings because they're they're they've won what three games right now, I think right they've won three games. I don't want them to be in a position to oh, get God. one of those top four quarterbacks. You know, you know I don't want they're not going to get Lawrence or, or Fields. They're too good already. But then the next two guys, Lance and Morgan, are fucking awesome as well. But they're really good. This is one of the deepest quarterback drafts that we've had in some time. I don't want them to get any of these guys because if they get a guy who's better than Kirk Cousins, oh we're just going to be looking at a dynasty above us, right? So I don't mind <laughs> if we lose uh, to the Vikings uh, because I, you know, because long term I just can't because that's a savvy team. You get a, you know, you you get let's say a guy like Trey Lance who looks like to be quarterback four. 
and compare him to Kirk Cousins, who I think has played probably at his potential, wouldn't you say? Like he's he's not going to be much better. Like he is what he is. He's a good harvester of the talent around him, but he's not exceptional. You get a guy like Trey Lance who could be a difference-making guy. It's like, oh, man. You know, so I, I'm i not rooting for the Bears to lose, but I just – I don't really care. I'm pretty apathetic. You need to – you know, if you want to make the playoffs, based on how strong the NFC West is, it looks like you're going to need to be 10-6 and six to get into the playoffs, even with 14 teams making it this year um, or 17 in the conference. That means you'd have to go five and, and two we, down we, the stretch. What do we want to see in playoffs? I, mean, I just don't you know, see it. At least when I thought our offense, I was like, okay, maybe with Foles we could get 20, 23 points. Remember, we're talking about this. I mean, now we can barely get to 10. I mean, I, I didn't think we were going to score in the whole game. I mean, I was like, wow, we might have a goose egg. It's crazy. Um, and, you know, with all these injuries and James Daniels not coming back this season, I mean, it's always going to be this tied together line. Um, in a way, I know what. I mean, we're in a place where Charles Leno is the best. I don't want question now. I don't want him to lose. But you know, in the end, this season is, as far as I'm concerned, over. I mean, maybe hope just from like some scrappy defensive game to squeak out a victory team. But we have to know that. defense we're very good defense but we're not old team we know this and so in the end yeah i mean i think listen we we both thought yeah i mean (laughs) yeah i think it's a wrap as well i mean we I think what we were hoping for was that, yeah, we, we understood that it was going to be a little choppy against the Colts and the Bucks because those are good defenses. Nick Foles was just getting his first two starts. We understood that. And we had our patience, right? We thought, th- But we thought things would be much more along, farther along than they were um, now, and they're just not. And, and now you have a COVID situation with your offensive line. You have zero depth. You're getting Eric Cush back and – I mean, Eric Cush. I love it. I love Rashad it. Coward. I love it. So I don't know. Listen, you know, Howard you were is not even an player at this point. I was okay, not. So I was not. So. No, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's ridiculous. Well, he's terrible. He should not be playing. Well, he should not be playing. But, I either, don't care. but either should Eric Cush. Uh, we had this conversation I'll about Eric Cush two it, years ago. He's out of the league. What has he been doing? He's eating cheeseburgers at home. He's gonna come in now. I don't know. It's it's a mess, and I so and I think. There's no solution this year. I think we've both come to this conclusion. Whether it's Nagy's play calling, we don't know how creative he can be. My view, though, is we should definitely fire pace. If we don't fire pace, you, there's too much stuff that needs to happen this offseason to just go back and run it back with pace. And then I think you get the new GM. He decides if Nagy should be fired. For me, at this stage, he has not developed anybody on offense. You cannot deny that. There's not one single player on our offense that's better now than they were two years ago. Um, we have not developed Mitch. We did not develop. And maybe with Mitch, there's nothing to develop. And maybe maybe that's the other problem. These guys, there just isn't much to do. Maybe Anthony Miller just a, was a bad pick. Maybe Shaheen was just a bad pick. Maybe Montgomery wasn't a bad pick, but wasn't a great one either. I mean, to me, 
I guess I don't really even care about the, this Minnesota game. I think yeah, indeed. I would almost at this point be happier if we had good losses. And we and you we know, look good. We don't yeah, embarrass. We, give up, we, give we don't play, embarrass we ourselves. Quarters, but we still you know, lose. Not just you like know? we have individual uh, decent drive, but no, yeah, we play a few complete quarters, but uh, end up losing. I yeah, I want to see good football, but in the end, the wins or losses don't matter to me at all. If anything, a win doesn't make me feel good because all it does is like hurt us in the future. Because this present, we have nothing. But do you think Matt, Matt Nagy and, and, and Pace, do you think they're going to get fired? And they'll wrap, uh, we'll wrap the show then. Do you think Nagy's going to get fired I or think Pace is going to get fired? And do you think that they it should? It is probably time for Pace to go. The fact that this offensive line, and obviously, okay, you, you're dealing with COVID and you're dealing with injuries, but what did you expect was going to happen when you invested nothing? That you were going to have absolutely um, You, such an important position group, failed so many other ways you failed uh it seems like it is over it is culminating with with this line falling apart meaning that the quarterback has no chance to make anything happen getting hit and we are really struggling to even put up sometimes even three six points a game i mean really i do not have the confidence that we could score a touchdown a game okay i see us like averaging six points for the rest of the season that is unacceptable, and um, your time is up, Mr. Pace. I mean, I, you cannot make any more excuses for this man. I, I, I agree 100%. It's time to, for a fresh start, and it could happen tomorrow. I would be very happy. We'll see what happens, folks. We'll see what happens. Anyway, we won't make that score prediction because it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter at all. I just I don't want to see doesn't Dalvin matter. Cook doesn't run matter. for 300 yards and four touchdowns against us. That is my hopes. Um, I would like us to put more than six points on the board. That would be nice. And we'll take it from there. <laughs> yeah, let's this take it from an, there. This is we'll another edition of the Chicago uh, Bears Bonanza Football Podcast. Hope we didn't depress uh, you folks too much. I'm sure you're already quite depressed as it is. So uh, sorry to add on to it, but uh, we broke it down. And there you have it. We'll never forget the way you thrilled the nation With your teeth formation Bear down, Chicago Bears And let them know why you're wearing the crown You're the pride and joy of Illinois Chicago Bears, bear down The Bears This is my Bears, people